This is Raz, and welcome to the Razcast. What is this? This is armchair conversations with people from different walks of life about different topics like art, spirituality, and whatever else comes up in my mind. This is a documentation of life and an excuse to talk to people I want to and my friends. Uh, this is a conversation with a continuation with Billy O'Connell. This one's coming out a little bit late, but hope you guys enjoy and remember to subscribe and tell one friend. And we're back. Okay. All right. So uh, where where were we? I think we were singing the praises of uh, biotechnology and we were singing the praises intelligence. No, but we can go there too. It was the praises of VR and AR and simulations, yeah. and but we were heading yeah, that I'm way anyway. We were heading yeah. that way anyway. So what are your what are your feelings on that one? You were going that way anyway. So oh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Not yeah. I could imagine it going very wrong. I could imagine it going very right. So it would be funny if as a species, we invented our way into extinction. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, just because having done what little research I, I've done, the ultimate combination seems to be humans plus robots. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing that beats everything. It's the creativity of humans plus the... yeah. So, yeah, you saw that footage of uh, Jeff Bezos the other day laughing like uh, Lex Luthor, you know, while he used his robot hands. I mean, you know, that's the kind of crap that I'm sure is going to start to happen. Um, it would be great if we had like giant robots and we all we all lived inside these giant robots. And so this became a planet of giant beings, all of which were fake. And inside them were these little cellular organisms that were us. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like mitochondria pulling the strings on who and what we are, you know, all the various DNA sequences that live inside our bodies and our cells. And like, you know, Lewis Thomas said, you know, who's really walking in the park listening to classical music? Is it me or is it the mitochondria in me that want to do that? Mm -hmm. Where is the will? Where is the consciousness? Like the lines get blurry pretty friggin' fast. Right. It is, it's the whole like who, what is, what is listening to you? What is thinking? What is, what is, cause you don't act on your thoughts and then that goes into yeah. that. Then you, that all. I mean, the billions of other, the billions of other DNAs that live inside us, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I love it. So yeah, it just all, I, that's what I think we're end up heading ultimately is like more of the combination rather than like everyone's like this. That's like they're like, oh, we're gonna t- they're gonna take over. It's like, nah, we're gonna be combined. That's that's the real scary thing mm-hmm. that's gonna happen is that well, you know it's the whole Ray Kurzweil singularity thing, right? Oh yeah, I mean you know that's also an interesting one. I've read um I've read some interesting books that have taken that and they've gone like, oh, what ends up happening is we create the singularity. And then mm. it decides that we have to create death all over again because it solved all of our problems. And then we fuck <laughs> it up all over again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. well. Um, speaking of just cool technology and because I know you're you're into block blockchain and stuff. Um mm-hmm. and I know you know I about am, I am again as an application, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, as a like application I'm of it. Really into the idea of smart contracts governing accounting you know, accounting procedures, you know, so that if I, if I record a song with seven people and we all own some fractional stake in, in a given dollar, Mm -hmm. it'd be really good if every time that copyright precipitated revenue, it was split on the fly and flowed into people's crypto wallets 
And, you know, you could have some work out in the wild that was just kind of spinning the numbers up in your little crypto wallet day in and day out. You know, maybe it's a seventh of a penny from, you know, several times a day, or maybe the numbers become more substantial. But I do like the, the idea that you could enshrine in a smart contract stakeholders and where their money needs to go and, and, and get people paid in the form of microtransactions in the here and now. That seems rad. Yeah, I think it's honestly like an inevitability because that was one thing I had realized is I was listening to something and they were talking about, they're like, yeah, every, like we're all going to have some type of digital signature token thing with blockchain mm -hmm. because identity-wise it just makes sense because mm -hmm. you have like it's too many people, too many things. It's way easier. Um, it stops a lot of identity theft things. We are, we've gotten to the point where most people don't care about privacy in that way. They just care yeah. about protecting their privacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm starting to see more and more where it can be used and stuff like, like in music, like we've talked about, I also see it like someone had pointed out to me how they could see it in like digital products. Yeah. And like that can gain like itself. If you do like limited edition stuff, it's kind yeah. of like doing the resale market all over again, but a digital way on a blockchain. That's interesting. I mean, so, so are you saying that there is some form of generative value that can be, that can be created in that way? That is to say like, you know, value that can't be copied. Right. Like the same way of like, because it is a unique identifier within itself and then mm. you would create something on that identifier. So it'd be kind of doing something similar to like the resale market of like, I'm thinking of like art or like mm. something like that. Oh, oh, oh. So you're talking about like creating tokens. Yeah. Around. Like basically creating token, but yeah, like the physical, yeah. but do, attaching it more to like digital products where more Absolutely. and more things do that way yeah. where you can see it. Like, you know, you can do that to like anyone can take it, artist, any business, anything where you do anything limited edition and then yeah. take advantage of the fact that it is literally as far as we can get right as of right now of like, no, this is a unique thing. No one else will have this exact thing in the world token wise. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I do love that. I do love that. And I think that, um, that those possibilities are, are kind of endless, especially if we're thinking about things like merging, you know, tiered subscription, like via Twitch, Patreon, you know, communications platforms like, you know, MailChimp, Hive, uh, community, you know, all that kind of stuff kind of all starts to play nice together in an interesting way. And I think you can, you can do, you can imagine well more being possible with tokens. Mm. You know, if I'm, if I'm managing an artist and I want to sell some very sort of fetishy, exclusive, hyper limited piece of merchandise and I tie it to a token, that token can be used to kind of provide another tier of access or status. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it gets, it gets pretty handy, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I, I'm starting to see, like the more and more, I guess it is that thing of like the more and more different uses I've seen with it and the more and more I'm seeing like it, it, it ex expansion because I know, I don't know if you know, but like right now there's like a whole thing with like cryptocurrencies and this thing called uh, DeFi and Uniswap and it's basically turning like 
uh, cryptocurrency more into like the financial aspect side of like financial resource aspect side of it. Mm. And so mm. it is like that thing of they're finding ways to like make it smaller and more usable and different ways to like leverage it. So it's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be used for that, but I can see how blockchain could be used for something like that of like, you know, like you just said of like splitting it up, uh, ownership of something in some way or anything yeah. like that. Well, that's just the most, I mean, maybe it's a, a feature of my lack of imagination, but that seems like the most tangible value in blockchain, you know, stroke smart contracts, you know, smart contracts and, and, and the like, just because it solves the most immediate problem. Right. Like to me, that is like the, the, the thing it's, I mean, I can see other solutions for it, but that to me is like that, that's like the important thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea is like, if you, if you deal with a musician's plight today with any deep sense of empathy and understanding, then you know the situation that needs to be solved, which is like they spend a ton of money, even if they record at home. I mean, they're spending money. They're spending money on gear and they're spending time, their time making this product that they love and they're doing everything they can do to, to ship something we will assume to be, you know, wonderful out into the world. And then what? They, they wait and wait and wait and wait for any kind of revenue and, 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 you know, so everyone from, from the PROs to the digital distributors to the, you know, from the, you know, tells you, well, you know, we're not going to send you a dime until you make a hundred bucks. And, um, um, we're, we're in charge of the, of the flow of those funds. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I just like the, the, the idea of disintermediating these people and the, and, and the process and making the process much more direct to the, to the artist. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing that I'm like, I think that is ultimately one thing that this, because it's similar to the internet. And that's why like people mm -hmm. say, it's like, Oh, then at least that's why I see why people are like, Oh, this is another part, how the internet changed us of how it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. this, this connects people to each other easier and gets mm -hmm. rid of like middlemen in between. Yes. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? I mean, Creative Commons gets rid of the intermediaries. You know, the internet is supposed to get rid of the intermediaries, but the intermediaries, you know, kind of horned their way back into the relationship. You know, they've insinuated themselves between us again. But, you know, just as when, when, when I used to have bands on tour that would play in store at a record store, let's say. I'm thinking specifically of this moment I had with, um, with a band in Portland, Oregon, mm. where they packed out a Borders store, which was like, you know, big bookstore, record store, kind of Barnes yeah. and Noble-ish, but they were the good guys. You know, they were, they were an independent company. They were based out of Ann Arbor. They were, they were fine, you know, and they really brought a lot of support to this artist and they moved a lot of records for us and brought a lot of people to the music that might not ordinarily have known about the band. And so, you know, we were more than happy to do borders in stores and to, and to show up and move some product for them, you know, to sit down behind a table and play, play some music live in the store and then, and then sit down behind a table and have the artists sign copies in order to move, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, a hundred copies of a record. And it was just a fun thing to do, you know, on the week of a release. And anyway, here we are in Portland, Oregon at, at the borders downtown. And uh, the fans are such diehard fans in this particular locality and the culture is such that they believe in such direct connection and independence that here we are in the year 2001 
and they don't want to buy anything from Borders. So the band is in a position where they're like, no, it's cool, please. Like Borders is helping us. Like, don't be afraid to buy music from them. And they're like, no, man, we want to buy it straight, straight from you. Can't we buy it from you out back? You know, can't we get it from you from the back of the van out in the back after this, man? And the band is like, yeah, but like, we really prefer you not to because this guy doesn't make us look real good with Borders if we come in here and nobody buys anything. We look like a bunch of losers and like not somebody that they should invest in. And the fans couldn't hear the message. All they saw was an intermediary. They just saw somebody touching the money before it went to the band. And they wanted the money to flow to the band undiluted. And sure enough, you know, you know, a certain number listened to reason and a certain number just had no desire to do that. And so they followed the band out as they were packing up the bus and like, hey, 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 let us buy, let's buy some CDs from you. You got some in your merch, right? And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they were happy handing people, you know, handing the band a $20 bill and asking for no change. But they didn't want it to go through borders. Hmm. And that's what this whole blockchain thing is about. I think it will, I think it would precipitate greater participation on the part of the, the, the audience mm -hmm. too, in that, in the confidence that they have that anything they pay out is going to go straight to the artist, not to a record store and then to the artist or not to the record store and then to a distributor and then to a label and then to the artist, you know, in some watered down fashion, they, they more than delighted to hand over their money as long as it's going straight to the artist. And that's what I think these sorts of blockchain solutions could do if they, if they see it that way and if they, and if they opt to do so. Yeah. I definitely think that there's, it's really, I'm seeing the, at least right now, people just trying to figure out how to get it to work into the system, which is like mm -hmm. the, the hard part. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a need for such incredible infrastructure uh, that that I know it's daunting. There's the Open Music Initiative that um, Berkeley and the, the brilliant yeah. George Howard and MIT are doing in tandem. And then there's like the dot blockchain music. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that's still around, but I, that was what uh, Benji Rogers from Pledge Music was involved in. And uh, there's some interesting stuff. I mean, I, I, I just don't know what it's going to take to make it happen or if, or if it's going to seem so dangerous and threatening to the powers that be that it ends up being marginalized because the best answer is not always the one that's adopted as you well know right Betamax. yeah because i mean i can see at least thinking of like i don't know what when you were talking about like oh the borders whole situation and all that i don't know what came to mind is like how a lot of i'm seeing like brand like specific brands like vans and like certain uh like big corporations really putting out the point that they're work like whoever artist or like musician or like whatever they're working with they're mm -hmm. really putting out that it's like a collaboration um yeah and yeah. that and to me that like that like pointed out to me of like wow i can see how like years and years of like that and people who would prefer to do something like you like you said like give the money directly to the people mm -hmm. in the back when make corporations and, and businesses start to be like, oh, no, 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 like we're help, like, no, they're helping us. Like, no, we, yeah. we support them. And yet I have no patience at all for like Travis Scott having a goddamn McDonald's meal. Yeah. Like, I have no, <laughs> no interest in Travis Scott at this point. He's, he's off the, you know, off the artistic roll call as far as I'm concerned. Like, seriously, you need some friggin' claymation representation of, of Travis Scott and his like hand picked McDonald's shit box meal. Fuck you. I'm not interested. And I really, and I'm so disappointed by that. I found it so just such a deep 
downhearted drag that 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 he did that. Like leave that to some frivolous asshole. You got something serious to say? You want to be a serious artist? Then stop with this goddamn whoring of yourself to any goddamn buyer. Yeah, that that honestly did kind of surprise me. I was like, I, I, was, I literally felt sick to my stomach when I saw that. Yeah, that that was definitely a move I didn't see. I'm like, oh, what? You don't have enough money, Trav? You don't have enough dough yet? That's something you needed to do? Seriously? You needed to do that? Come on. Come on. Shame on you. You should be smarter than that. You should be able to create something to replace that kind of money. Right. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. Ugh. What a bummer. Well, speaking of which, uh, my next question was, any advice for young, young artist generation slash creative slash professionals? Because basically... That's what that's what the stats tell us is people who listen to this. Oh. <laughs> it's people in their twenties. <laughs> you poor bastards. You <laughs> poor bastards. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> you were born too late. No, uh, no, it's it's a brilliant time. It's a wonderful time, a budding time of incredible potential because of the disintermediation of of these relationships. Because it's for you to connect with your people directly and to just engage in serial delight. And to progress them up that permission ladder until such time as as they say, yeah, I, I love everything you do. Here are my credit card digits. Put the needle in my vein and drip, drip, drip an IV feed of what you make. Because I trust you and I want to sustain you. And I want you to supply me the goods that I count on. And, and it's never been better for that. It's never been easier for that. But it's also never been so important that you manage to do that. Mm. So, it, you know, you can, and you're, you're, you're incentivized to be as individual as possible. Because if you sound like anybody else or blend in, then, then you're you don't useless. stand out. <laughs> yeah. Well, who, do, who needs you? Right. I already have somebody who does that thing you do, right? I don't need, I don't need you or what's the difference between you and someone else. So it, it allows far too much room for marginalization. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and, and, and so, and so you're, you're, you're better served to be unique and to bind yourself to your audience in a very meaningful way and to understand, you know, the purpose and meaning in what you do and, and address your market from the point of, you know, from the, from the perspective of that meaning. What is the meaning? You know, what Guy Kawasaki defines meaning three ways, right? It's, it's to prevent the end of something good, to right or wrong, or to make the world a better place. One of those is probably going to fit what you do. So articulate that, put it in your head, and then act accordingly. And, and it's a great time to do that, especially if you build your life around that which is sustainable. Mm. So, you know, you, you, and you have to be comfortable with the fact that you may not make, you know, millions of dollars doing this, but you can probably get yourself into the upper middle class pretty comfortably. You know, you can probably earn as much as some plumber who owns his own business and, and, and hires and hires some people and runs that business year in and year out. You know, maybe he makes 200 K a year, you know, you can do that. Never easier than it is right now to be that guy or person. I mean, guy generically. Not being sexist. <laughs> All good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. You can be that they. You can be that they. There you go. Well, before I ask my last question, do you, uh, or two things. One, do you have, 
random thing. You have a question you would like to ask me? Because now I'm just adding this on. Anything come I up? I think you're just using the word ask to piss me off now. now <laughs> just, like, is there ever a time when you're going to say the word ask? You know, because I think you're just rubbing would my you nose like, in it. Would you like to like ask it. me a question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, assuming that you interact with more people like you, right? Independent creative professionals. Yes. In, in that age group, right? In that 20 something age group. Are you detecting an overall optimistic view of the world or an overall pessimistic view of the world or some sort of cynical nether ground in that cohort of people? I would say it depends on whether they are currently in school or not. Um, hmm. Well, why? What happens? What happens if they're in school? People who, at least so far, um, the people who are currently in school with like what's going on in the world in general have mm-hmm. a more, I would say, pessimistic look of the world. Wow, I could see that going either way. That's funny because like those people have a place to be and something to do. I could imagine them being optimistic, but I could also feel them being impacted by all this and, and affected by it and having their experience diminished and being very That's pessimistic. It. So you're seeing it's largely pessimistic. I'm saying yes, because I would say it's the, they're not seeing the optimistic view of it. The people yeah. who are... And then that's the other side, the people who I see who are um, out of school or they don't necessarily have something to do or they're trying to come up with something to do or they're trying to replace, like, you know, whether it's them having worked in live industry and doing something else or musician doing something else. Those people are trying to find something new, but they're trying to be optimistic about it. Of Like, nah, I just like have to get through it. Like, I'll find something Hmm. new. And so they're personally looking at people who are in school and stuff like, oh, that's something to do. That is fascinating. Yes. I mean, I think that I think now's the time to do school because you can do it online. And if you can take asynchronous courses online, um, especially if you can do that at a savings, you know, some institutions are sort of deep discounting to get you in the door because they want to scale those numbers yeah. and, and make up some ground. I mean, it's the time to like get your credential, you know? Yeah. I think it's definitely like, uh, uh, what, it would be like really, it's really like because of the, I would say the transition between online and not mm-hmm. online because of the point of, and it's like I said, it's definitely more people who are, or I at least say people who are later in school or like out of school. Yeah. Like it's the, I just really think it is kind of like life experience and yeah. seeing like, oh, this is an opportunity. Yeah, because I know I'm seeing like high school kids, like high school kids that I deal with for admissions and stuff. They're they're not feeling particularly pessimistic. Oh no, 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 no. They're not feeling terribly optimistic. Yeah, because they're like they're they're having their senior year under pandemania here, and they're having their and and they don't know what the hell's going to happen with college. They can't even go to see colleges in some cases. They're feeling like ripped off, like they're just taking another bullet. They're always being asked to take yet another bullet for the team. Right. That's, you know? that's what I, that's kind of the thing, thing I'm getting of like, there's the people who expect it. It's the people who I would say are like, oh, college is supposed to be this thing and college yeah. isn't turning out that way. Or like yeah. school is supposed to be this thing. It's not turning out that way. And then the yeah. people who have been like, oh, I realize that sometimes life or whatever, like things have happened in their life or yeah. things like that. And which is like, things don't always go that way. Or this is their real first, their experience of like, oh, okay, I just have to come up with something it's, else. It's, it's patently unfair in that case. I mean, it just feels so, I feel bad for those people. I'm also feeling like our students, people at, 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 at school now are just 
they're over it. They're running out of patience. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we had, a, we had this little like powwow as faculty members about this buzz of activity that's supposed to be going on around Halloween, like big Halloween parties and stuff like that. Like things that we don't want to have happen because, you know, we don't want these to become super spreader events right. and, and, and have people go home for Thanksgiving to their grandparents at their Thanksgiving table and, you know, kill them. Right. Um, but, but, I, you know, I know immediately as soon as I hear that we're concerned about that, well, what are we going to say? These, they're over it. They're fed up. They're feeling like the city is opening up. Finally, it's opening up. This is maybe our chance to cut loose. You know, like I left home so that I didn't have to be around my family and I want to just have fun and like get out of my way. I'm sick of taking one for the team. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there's the whole like, you know, uh, we got to go home at Thanksgiving and we're never going to come back anyway. So like, what is campus life at this point? Yeah. You know, and they're just being deprived of these opportunities to just have fun and be kids. Yeah. I think it's, and, like and you it's said, not I think, like I said, I think it's because of like the, it's a, it's the, tra- it's the transition. Like this, ev- mm-hmm. I think eventually someone was going to have to experience the, yo, there's a difference. There's a transition point where you're moving from like the quote unquote traditional college to online education future of like, you know, there is just like, these are caught between. Yeah. It's like, they are the unlucky. This is happening. Cause you know, that same thing happened. You know, there's always someone who gets unlucky. There's like the unlucky quote unquote unlucky generation of like, they, they, you caught in between. Yeah. Like you said, the in between the two times where it's like the people are straddling a barbed wire fence. Right. And it's like, it's not necessarily their fault, but on that, I I do see, you know, at least, Personally, I'm seeing people who, you know, talking to people, it's like, this is going to be our time of like, oh, did you make it through or did you not make it through? If you made it through this, you'll be fine through like the next like 10, like you're good. So yeah, it's, it's like our depression. Yeah, I, I, I know. I get it. I think it's, um, yeah, it is unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I that's it. Yeah. So what's your last question? I, that was my question and we got sidetracked. So yeah. I mean, my last question is, what are you grateful for? Oh my God. I have, I have four beautiful sons. I know. I saw, I saw them on Instagram. I was like, I was like, see, look, they all look like him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think they do. A couple of them do, but, um, they're, um, they're, they're healthy. Uh, they're safe. Um, you know, their lives are being messed with, with the whole pandemania Mm -hmm. as well. But, you know, I'm also, I, I have to say without being in any way, insincere. I, I, I'm so grateful for the fact that I get to work with students mm. who also happen to be artists. I, I can't tell you how often when I, when I have my little morning, evening reflection on what I'm grateful for, m- my students are often top of the list because they're, they're just good people who want to work really hard and are in a difficult position, even in the best of times. And, and I just get to hang with these people and, and, and just hold their hand a little bit while they're dealing with a bunch of stuff that they can't understand or are beginning to understand or are beginning to formulate or whatever. But it's like, it's a very exciting time to be with young people, you know? And I, 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 you know, I guess there's a part of me that just feels a little bit like a therapist. I like to be there and, and, and kind of keep them company Mm. during decision-making and, and discover self-discovery and things of that nature. And, uh, I like that they, that I've earned their trust and, and I, and I, I'm grateful for the fact that I have it and, and I hope I can keep it. And, um, 
And so, yeah. So immediately I'm grateful for my, for my beautiful sons. I'm grateful for the work I get to do, uh, where I get to work with artists and students. What an amazing combination of people to, to center my life on. And, 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 and it gives me a very natural way to live in something, uh, in, in, in the service of something greater than myself which I guess is the point of life. So you do that with your children. And, and, and if you get to do that at your work, then I think you're a pretty fortunate person. You know, I get to carry uh, a flaming torch, you know, a flaming sword. <laughs> I get to go into battle with some flaming sword on behalf of my sons in, in life issues and, and on behalf of my students and, in, in my, and, and my artists at work. Nice. That's dope. I think I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked with like what I get to do with my time on this planet. Nice. Well, if people would like to reach out to you and. Oh yeah. They just visit my website, nonvox.com, which, which nobody knows how to spell or anything, but it's just, it's just the, it's like, it's like no voice in Latin, nonvox, N-O-N-V-O-X. And it's named for, for the fact that I don't believe an artist manager should have a voice. I believe that we act as an agent of the artist's voice. So nonvox.com. And you can write me an email at billy at nonvox.com. And you can send me a text at 310-279-7588 if you want. But yeah, so those links will be that. That'll be, I'll put that in the description. I did not know that's what nonvox stood for. I'm going to be 100% onyx. Honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no voice. No voice. Because I don't, I just don't believe that's, yeah, I don't, just don't believe that's my place. I knew the no voice part. I didn't know, I didn't know the whole artist management part. Yeah. I mean, non-vox works, you know, in the, in the interest of, of the artist, in the service of the artist. So. Nice. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Razzcast. Thank you for being on the podcast, Billy. Thank you for having me. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening and remember to subscribe and we'll check you next time. Raz is the Nads. He's awesome. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>